Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey Kate, guess what, guess what, guess what, guess what? What, 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 what? I bought a car! Oh, and um, you get a car, and you get a car. No, just me, just me. Oh. I get a car, and I get a car, and I get a car. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, okay, well, I guess that's true. That's, there's no one else here, so that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes, me gets a car. It's a Prius Prime. Like, I, the only way I remember this is that I'm like, like Optimus Prime. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what I thought. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, because I don't want to think of Amazon Prime. That's like the bad Prime, so I'm like... The good oh, I'm glad that Optimus was the first thing it we both thought of. It literally was, actually. You would think it'd be Amazon, but no, no, the not the case. The thing that I use practically every day? No, not so much. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I don't Some talk with that. Some obscure reference to a cartoon that I never watched? Yeah, yeah, that sounds more like it. Sure. You know he was, I think he's always been voiced by the same voice actor since the 80s and all those, like, movies that they made and everything. Yeah. That's, that's a good gig. It, that is an excellent gig, and who knew it would be for, I, he must have had a lull period, though, between the movies being made and the the cartoon there had to be some downtime sure you can't you can't rest your laurels entirely on optimus prime and that's the quote we're taking away today with this that's the one i'm gonna use in like all my openings for when i advertise this episode and because it's true and what else is true is that this is fuse eight and kate yes and you are kate and i'm betsy and what do we do? You're going to say, and I am Optimus Prime. And I am Optimus. <laughs> no, I'd have to say like, and I am Optimus Prime. I can't do an Optimus Prime. Anyone who wants to do an Optimus Prime, please send us your Optimus Prime <laughs> at Kate at gmail.com. Uh, no. Uh, what do we What do we do on this podcast? We talk about obscure '80s references all the freaking time. <laughs> but beyond that, like, what is our purpose in life? What is What is What brings us meaning? Um. That's really deep, Betsy. I I, 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 I feel Hold like on, podcasts are I, deep, Kate. No, I need I, to I know that you, sit in a corner and meditate. You people may think and... they're, they're surface, but in fact, there's there's great depth to this podcast. We, you should ask what we get paid to do. Oh, what do we get paid to do? Oh, talk about children's picture hey, books? Yes, we do. That's right. That's a good point. And, uh, and whether they are good or whether they are bad. Yeah. Now, I, on purpose, have been doing a bunch that people have heard of. Yes. Because I don't have to do that, people. There's a billion gazillion American slash in the English language picture books out there. And I don't have to do the ones you've heard of. And to prove it, I'm doing one today you haven't heard of. Um, okay. But somebody heard of it because it, it was a listener suggestion. Oh. Which listener, Betsy? Uh, shut up. So uh, <laughs> I, I've completely lost who sent this to us. But I didn't lose was the fact that I months, literally months ago put this on hold at my library. Uh, and then got it and have been sitting on it ever since, not just perpetually renewing it. Okay. Because, fun fact, no one else is asking for this book. Well, let me see it. All right, here we go. You ready? Yeah. Boom! The Rainbow Goblins. By? Old De Rico. Yeah, that one took me a while to figure out that was actually the creator of the book. Oh. Because that is. The name of the creator is Old Rico. 
U L space D E space R I C O. I don't know if it's like a. I don't want to say stage name because we're talking about books here, but is it like a pen name of some sort? And uh, as you can see, there's a he put a picture of himself in the back, which I guess is a drawing with a dog. With a dog and uh, looking very a very normal German human being, and uh, yeah, even though did you say German? He's German. Oh. This is a German book, uh, originally published in Germany, the year of my birth. 1978 uh it was then translated i guess in some way and it was a new edition in 1994 and then it was reprinted here in the states i have to assume in 2019 so relative but for many this this would be a classic since it has been around so long as i say since the year of my birth <laughs> are you ready for a trippy trippy time <laughs> because i'm going to show you going to show you the end papers here oh it's Ooh. like uh you know those things back in the Magic 90s eye. yeah you would put your face close to it and then slowly back away yeah, yeah, it never yeah. worked for me uh it did once in a while for me not consistently though yeah this is definitely looks like a magic eye so go stare at this for a half an hour <laughs> and you might see a puppy okay okay while kate does her read let's talk about old rico or Count Olderico, uh, which is to say Olderico Conte Groppolero. I'm not even going to try. Uh, yes, actually, I said he was German. That's a lie. He's Italian. He has a name that sounds very Italian. And in fact, there's a reason for that. He is Italian. He was actually, uh, he was born in Italy, uh, but he lived in Munich for a very long time. So I wasn't completely off there. Uh, he, he Now, apparently, if he is still alive, which... It's a little unclear, but if he is still alive, he, he lives in France at this point. He did create uh, this book, The Rainbow Goblins, and a sequel, The White Goblin. And uh, remember those names, because they're going to come up later. And then he actually also worked on the film, The Neverending Story. Basically, the production team based their storyboards and animations on his work based on the novel. Uh, and then there were additional characters he created that were not produced because that's how movies roll. His book, The Rainbow Goblins and The White Goblin, have been over and over adapted by musical groups. For example, the Japanese musician Masayoshi Takanaka released uh, albums called The Rainbow Goblins and The White Goblin. And then there was a rapper, uh, Doswan, who reads an excerpt from it uh, on one of his albums called Slow Death. Uh, the band Primus released a concept album called The Desaturating Seven, which was inspired by the text and the art of the Rainbow Goblin. So essentially, everybody's heard of this book except for us. I feel like we should have Pink Floyd playing in the background as we discuss this book in some way. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if we can for legal rights. We can't. But... <laughs> we can't at all. You Not know. even slightly, but you know. I still feel it would be appropriate. Something something that this would fit on the album cover of. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah, some sort of, yeah, band sure. or something. Well, actually, yeah. the, the title page kind of reminds me of The Last Supper if... Oh, my God, it If does. all the guys were multicolored aliens. Yeah. <laughs> like you, know. you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like that, and with a rainbow in the background. Yeah. Well, the yeah. rainbow is pretty biblical in and of itself, so I don't think that one's That's a true. Yeah. That's true. There you go, yeah. We meet these seven goblins... They're called the Rainbow Goblins, and each has his own color, which was also his name. So red, orange, yellow, blue, green, indigo, and violet. But did you know 
Indigo was removed from Roy G. Biv. As well it should be. He just made it up, as I understand it. Didn't Newton just was like, nah, seven's a better number. I'm just going to make one up. Indigo. Nah, we're done. Yeah. Well, Indigo was omitted because few people can differentiate the wavelengths well enough to see it as a separate color. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think they should take out Indigo and replace it after uh, Violet with ultraviolet, which we can't see, but we know it's there. So we meet these goblins, right? Mm -hmm. And they, for some reason, like to suck the colors out of rainbows and fill their bellies with its bright liquid. They capture I mean, the rainbows are liquidy. I mean, if you consider that they're the light that you see through water. Right, you know? well, but they capture these with their lassos. Oh, that might not be as scientifically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and they've heard tales of the Valley of the Rainbow. And uh, they decide, sure, let's go, because we're hungry, and it sounds like a good idea. So they decide... So it's a quest novel. Or I'm it is. I say novel. novel. It's a picture book. A quest picture. I don't know, it's, it's pretty much, wordy, that so... That much text made me think it was a novel, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yellow is the head of the goblins. Oh, that's surprising. I not would red. not have thought, yeah, red, uh, I thought, would be a right, good, Right, because that you know, starts Roy G. Yeah, no, even orange, but no, yellow. No, yellow. Right. Yellow is like, all right, guys, let's, and they Fair are, they are all male, it is confirmed. Yeah, uh, it is confirmed. I don't want to know how they confirm <laughs> that, In, in okay. the text. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, it says he, so yeah. So anyway, right. Uh, right. So Yellow is in charge and comes up with a plan, and it's like, let's go to the valley. And then you turn the page. Whoa! It is a two-page spread that is like art right out of I don't know, Lord of the Rings, like. Yeah, but also album covers. Uh, like those sky, that sky, the rainbow, the. The waves, I just the rocks. It, and I, the, it's like they're climbing. It is very Lord of the Rings. Though. I just imagine the hobbits like climbing yeah. over like yeah. a tree trunk here. You I know? agree. I agree. I was just going to say real quick here that uh, this was the weird period where album cover rock, you know, illustrators would occasionally make children's books, particularly picture books. But I have a book at home called World Tales by Idris Shaw, which is world folk tales and their connections across different countries. Um, and almost all the artists in there did rock albums, and you can tell. Oh. Yeah. The the art definitely focuses more on the scenery than it does the characters. Yeah, he doesn't seem very interested. They're rainbow goblins. How is that not the coolest thing? But that is the least cool thing. Whoa! Is there mind, like, eye-popping art? They're beautiful. They're Every gorgeous. page. Yeah. You, you have to hold on to your woes because they just keep getting better like, and better. Like, it's the light. I He's know. He's really good with I, light. I know. I'm with you, Betsy. All right. I'm sorry. I just hadn't really looked at those before. So. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Really pretty. Spoiler I don't know. I've never seen this before. So as the sun is setting, uh, well, they found a cave beneath a meadow, and they're like, let's spend the night here. So they decide to hole up in this cave. Meanwhile, the moon saw the rainbow goblins and has told the trees and bushes who tell the flowers and the grass and the animals and the water. And and at this point, all of nature knows that the rainbow goblins are here. So basically, this is not man versus nature. This is goblin versus nature. Yes. Okay. But while the talks, while the text talks about the moon talking and the trees and the bushes taking up the cry, the art is still very realistic. Very. And I'm, and I'm really glad that there's not like a cartoon moon, 
yelling, you know, to that some trees. Been, because well, because the surreal. art on this page is gorgeous with the yeah. night sky and the stars and the light reflecting on the water below. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, again, very realistic. Hyper realistic. And yeah. I'm very glad that it wasn't like a cartoon. No, that would have been creepy, actually. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so... The goblins can't contain their excitement. They're talking about how excited they are and their plan. And meanwhile, all of these like roots are dangling from the oh, ceiling crap. of the cave. That's super creepy. And the goblins are like, look at these roots. They're just straining to hear our plans. Psh, a lot Nothing of good. weird about that. <laughs> a lot of good it'll do them or their friend the rainbow. They're just like cackling away and... Meanwhile, oh, the roots pride are... pride goeth before the fall, yes, Rainbow Gamblers. Yes, the, the roots are spying. I would not want roots spying on me. Roots can get things done. I, I, they I sure would... can, yeah. Betsy. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> well, finally, uh, you know, as it's getting dark, they decide that it's time to go to sleep. And while they're sleeping, they're all dreaming about, you know, capturing the rainbow and opening their mouths and the colors are dripping down their throats and filling up their bellies. You can see like the dream <laughs> above them. But they're so tiny. And then below them, you can see them all sleeping in the cave, but I like that one of them is sucking his thumb. Aww. See, like, that makes him sympathetic. I was like, that's kind of cute. It's, yeah. it's either blue or indigo. Who can tell he's in the shadow? <laughs> it's, it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I confuse them a lot throughout this yes, book. Yes, well, you might. But then they hear a clap of thunder and they all wake up and they're super excited because they know that a storm is coming. And if there's a storm in the morning, that there's going to be a beautiful rainbow coming yeah, up. Yeah, where the storm has rainbows. And so they're dancing around. And it's either blue or indigo butt that you can see. <laughs> it's just his, uh, his. I don't know if he's wearing like a robe or something. But it, it's he's jumping around. So the robe flies up. And boom, you got goblin butt. Oh, goblin butt. Don't worry. It's not the oh. first time. And it won't be the last time. Well, it is the first time. But it's not the last time you see goblin butt in this book. Oh, interesting. Either is lots of goblin but it's, it's <laughs> a european thing you know it is. They, they they aren't afraid of butts <laughs> this is such a cool illustration so they the the storm is here the lightning is coming but you can see like the sun the god rays through the yeah. clouds it is so gorgeous and all the goblins are starting to like creep up towards where the valley is where the rainbow is mm-hmm. set to be but I, the, look at how cool no, this lightning is. Just a lot of work went into this. Yes. And you get the feeling that the artist was like, is this too much? No, it's not enough. <laughs> it's epic. It's epic. These illustrations Biblical, are epic. Yes. Yeah. And so they reach the site of where the rainbow starts oh, its arch. It, nice. it, it starts in this valley and they're trembling with excitement and yellow is getting ready to give the sign of the attack but then as soon as he does he's they they all swing their lassos up into the mm. sky and the rainbow is gone oh it just it's like it it was swallowed by the earth interesting and they're all dumbfounded because this has never happened before. Yeah, they're very good at what they do. And they're just looking at their outstretched lassos, which then all of a sudden snap back towards them. Mm-hmm. And then they're like getting all like mixed up in the lassos and they're stumbling and they're crying out and they're raging and they're just getting more and more, you know, tangled up in their lassos. At which point the flowers somehow 
uh, took the colors of the rainbow and have made the colors go into the ground in which it's now drowning the goblins with the colors of the rainbow Whoa. by the flowers. So that's not trippy at all. Okay. It's, if, if that makes sense, it's a little hard to explain because it's a little hard to understand. Yeah, and we're dealing with the translation here anyway, so... Yeah. yeah, so uh, it, it says that the moment the attack was launched, the flowers had drained the colors of the rainbow into their petals. Well, isn't that just the very thing the goblins were going to do? I don't see the difference here. Yeah. Only the flowers are doing it for non-selfish reasons? Exactly. So, that, so it's yes. all about intent. Because the flowers are friends with I the rainbow. I see. So as long as your friend drains you to death, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. As long as they're doing it to destroy your enemy. Yeah. yeah. And look, there's a goblin butt that is... That uh, is a distinctly buttish goblin. It's, yeah. it's, it's just floating at the top yeah. because the body has been... They're all... Oh, okay. This is why I really <laughs> love the bluntness of Europeans. Ah. It says, and I quote... Okay. So the goblins drowned in the colors they had come to steal and no one in the valley wept for them. <laughs> No tears. No nope. tears. No one. They, <laughs> they died a horrible death they and no one coming. cared. They had it but coming. the illustration next to the blue butt mm-hmm. uh, is a really disturbing red goblin that's, his eyes are rolling back into his head. His yeah. It's his eyes that are rolling oh. back into his head. It's really disturbing. Oh, upside down, it looked like his mouth and like he was smiling. Oh, no, his his mouth is open, but he's like gasping for air as he's drowning in the colors. Right, right, yes. It's like, the problem with this book is there's not enough long, languid images of people drowning to death. So we were going to really linger on this one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they all drown. Okay. And then the rainbow was reborn more magnificent than ever. Out of the death of its enemies well and out of gratitude it lifts the flowers up that uh had saved it the rainbow and uh turns the flowers into dragonflies and butterflies and birds and out of the rainbow are coming all of these beautiful birds that's dang gorgeous which now i'm looking at all the animals that are in the valley that want to eat said birds yeah it's kind of a peace peaceable kingdom it's, thing but let's be frank no, a lot of those are cats exactly <laughs> yeah. you've got a lot of predators cats who prior to this want, had no interest in eating flowers that want to yeah. eat said plumed birds and that's not a very nice way of saying thank you to the flowers well i just can't imagine that flowers have great instincts when it comes to being a bird <laughs> like they're well, gonna be grounded a lot and that's not a great way of doing it right and this is where we get to the bob ross painting oh are there um, happy little trees uh, yeah, there are. There yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, and the clouds and mm-hmm. the rainbow. And it's just, yeah, it, it just... It's like a circular rainbow. It ends, it ends by saying that the rainbow learned not to touch down on Earth anywhere. Oh, well, that's... Oh, I see. So this is a... An origin story of... story, yeah. Sure. Why rainbows. does the rainbow not touch the Earth? Exactly. Because of stupid goblins. Because of rainbow goblins yeah, rainbow that goblins, drown yeah. and have their butts up in the air. And uh, and then there's yeah that little back matter mm-hmm. about the guy. You said that he was German. I lied. I lied. He's he Italian. Was, he's Italian. Even his name is Italian. He was born in Italy, but went to school in Germany. Right. And according to this book, he now lives in France. Well, if he's still so, alive, he was born in the '40s, so uh, that might be out of date. But yes. Yeah. Also, he's a count apparently. 
Well, and also, I was wondering how he was able to get such great detail yeah. in the paintings. And it says that the paintings were reproduced at approximately a third the size of the Whoa. originals. Where are those originals, I wonder? That's Where a great are question. they in the world? I don't know. I was just in Italy. I could have tracked him. No, I couldn't because apparently he's, quote unquote, in France. So right. There knows? you go. That's it. That's the book. Whew! That's a trip. That's a trippy trip. Yep. Yeah. Get some mushrooms. Get <laughs> that book up. It'd be great. Uh, yeah, so I don't have anything additional to really add to that in that America has never really noticed this one. I have to assume that in other countries, this is considered a distinct classic. They don't bring books over here unless they have some sort of cachet overseas. Some uh, clout. Some clout. In some uh, influence. Clout. Clout. Cloud. Get it? Cloud. That's a strange. Cloud. That's a real... <laughs> We're actually going to deduct some points for that one. Okay, you got a you got a minus two on that. Aww. All right, it's time. The story is okay. Yeah, I yeah. It's not the nobody's coming to this for the words. I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mention that they with along with their lassos they have pails, but they only ever use the lasso, so I didn't get the point of the pails. Something was lost in translation there. Even between the text and the image, it might have been lost. I also so. didn't understand why they only just now decided to go to the valley when they had been heard tales of this for presumably a really long time. Yeah, the impetus isn't really there. It's like, why today? Right. <clears throat> but the art is beyond beautiful. Oh, yeah. They, they are works of art on every single page. I mean, you could just rip them out of the book and frame them. And I would rather find the originals and get those, like, just take up my entire wall with them. But, right. Yeah. And, and of course, I like the multiple blue butts. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't really like the ending, so I gave it a four. Mm -hmm. The drowning illustration is really disturbing, and the rainbow turning its saviors, like the flowers, into birds that will quickly be eaten didn't seem like a very nice way of saying thank you. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, I, I, I'm all for bloodthirsty flowers and rainbows that come out of the blood of their enemies so you know that this is, this is a hardcore rainbow book i mean the rainbow is never like personified in any way much as the moon is never personified really the only thing in this book that has any sort of facial expression is the goblins yes. themselves well and the animals in the valley right and yeah i don't i'm not as disturbed by the drowning the problem is with any picture book the text has to be in tandem with the art you know you can't have one that's incredibly strong and then have the other one that's sort of like Wah. well that's um, the case here and that's very much the case here so for me i'm just a straight down the middle five um gorgeous gorgeous art but the text you know i don't i don't blame the translation i think it's just an impossible book possibly to even come up with a text that would match this art so yeah, yeah. five for me well with our scores combined then it is just below a five so, so it is not, not a classic but we do recommend that people seek it out if oh, you, you can. should definitely look it at is it quite an interesting uh, but check creation. it out from the library yeah maybe don't keep it on your bookshelf and Agreed. pull it out every bedtime you know no <laughs> <laughs> or maybe do and just influence your children's dreams for the rest of their damn lives. <laughs> Woo! That is time. Ooh. Not much. Um, you know, people just gave little comments here and there uh, on things. Uh, we did Gerald McBoing Boing most recently. The only comment that I really think was worth looking into was from Jessica F. She says, I don't like the book as much as the animated short. And I recently learned that it was animated by artist David Weidman, who did a lot of painting and screen print art. His work was hung in a lot of scenery on Mad Men. 
So that was a fun little tidbit. That makes sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got a very Mad Men era kind of look to it anyway. So, yeah. There you go. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay. So I, I don't know if we've mentioned this, but two great children's book, picture book creators that we had done recently on this show passed away recently. And I, I don't remember if we honored just one of them or I don't think we've done both of them. The first one being Ian Falconer, who did um, Olivia. And the other one being Amy Schwartz, who did Be and Mr. Jones. Um, I think you briefly mentioned I it. I think I briefly mentioned it. Well, just in particular with Amy Schwartz, you know, her husband is Leonard Marcus, who is the premier children's literary scholar um, of the here and the now. Um, he was originally slated, I believe, to go to Bologna at the Children's Book Fair this year. He was not there. I could perfectly understand why not. It was very close to um, the death of his wife. But he does have a book coming out that I really want people to know about. Uh, it's called Pictured Worlds, Masterpieces of Children's Book Art by 101 Essential Illustrators from Around the World. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It is 101 Children's Picture Book Artists from the past two centuries. So you got your Eric Carle and your Ashley Bryan and your Virginia Lee Burton and your Juji Morales, which I was very happy to see that she's in there. And then you got a bunch of international artists uh, from all over the place in there. Um, definitely one of the most you know, beautiful compendiums of children's book art uh, that we've had in quite some time. So highly recommend. Uh, it will be coming out soon. Check that book out. Again, it's called Pictured Worlds, and it's by Leonard Marcus. Okay. Yep. Mine's a little darker. Oh, great. <laughs> My, mine had, was dark. It had death and everything. Oh. Well, so does mine. Oh, great. Okay, wonderful. So I've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts lately. Oh, really? <laughs> and if you like Serial or Your Own Backyard, which are two very good true crime podcasts, there's another one that will make you curious and angry and sad and confused all at the same time. Ooh, what's the name? Uh, it is called Bone Valley. Oh, I don't know Do you know the author Gilbert King? I had never heard of him, but apparently he's a pretty famous author. Um, and he received a message from a Florida judge who claimed that there was an innocent man in prison wrongly convicted of murdering his wife back in 1987. Um, and the guy's name is Leo Schofield, who, in my opinion, sounds a lot like Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. It mm. took me about two episodes for me to finally figure that out. I was like, oh, yeah. no, it's, but it's not him. Uh, and you learn about the disappearance of Leo's wife, uh, Michelle Schofield. So the craziest part of it all is that, spoiler alert, the actual killer is in prison, but the killer is not her husband. Okay, so, so someone else was committed of a had a different crime that he committed, and he got put in jail for that one, but not for the crime, this other crime. Right. That and, this guy's in and jail yet, for. he, the husband, is still in prison. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is where the angry and confused feelings all come sure, up, yeah. you know. But it's a really compelling story that is still being played out right now, like in the, t today. Mm -hmm. um, there's, you know, he's still going up for parole and they're still trying to fight this. That Florida judge that I mentioned actually stepped down so that he could become a prosecutor again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I've never heard that happen. Hmm. Uh, but because the evidence is just 
it's compelling and the killer actually admitted it and there's dna evidence the and, uh, and they say that they actually did it and it's too late doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter doesn't matter yep. yeah so anyway i highly recommend you download it it's called bone valley it's only nine episodes and then there's a couple extra bonus episodes but it's very compelling very good yeah excellent well Yes, very dark choice. All yes. right. That <laughs> I was would, a yeah. very grown-up thing you like. Yeah. It, it was very grown Well, hey, when you give me goblins that are drowning. Yeah. And then it's just, and yeah. carnivorous rainbows. It's a very yeah, dark episode. It was. It was a little bit of a dark one. <laughs> but hey, uh, but that's there were blue butts. So. But this, that's, that's you looking at the bright side. <laughs> Some or, people would think of the rainbows, or, but you thought of the butts. Or so. were they indigo butts? I can't tell. Literally no one knows. I don't know. This is why we got rid of that stupid color. <laughs> Maybe exactly. we should put it on Instagram. Is it a blue butt or an indigo butt? There we go. Well, we can most certainly do that. But you do the poll. Okay. All right. And until you do that poll, <laughs> I've been Betsy. And Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our indigo, Rainbow Goblin, is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.